When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Hello, and welcome to The Big Cruise Podcast. My name is Chris, and welcome to episode 156 of the podcast. I'm your host today, and I'm flying solo because, unfortunately, poor Baz has picked up a horrible bug whilst he's been traveling. Uh, He went uh, across to Europe just recently, and uh, I'm sure when he's back, he'd love to tell us about his fantastic experience with Norwegian Cruise Line. But unfortunately, on the flight home, he's picked up something quite nasty, and he is, uh, I think, still in bed. We send our um, best wishes out to Baz, and hopefully next week, we will be back to normal broadcasting. Um, Apologies, of course, as well for last week. It was an unexpected missed episode. We will bring you an episode in the future that talks a bit more about what Barry was up to and for this week you are stuck with me but fortunately we have uh, an interesting podcast ahead of us we're going to start off with a a cruise review something that we we're doing more and more of recently which is really nice it's always exciting for us to be able to hear from you and hear your thoughts of your time on board the various cruise ships around the world this one is one that our international listeners might find quite interesting because it's actually a review about P&O Australia's Pacific Encounter. And if for those of you who aren't aware, um, just to put a little bit of maritime history into this episode, P&O Australia and P&O UK these days are very different offerings, but they both stem from the same uh, parent company back in history. The Peninsula and Oriental Steam Navigation Company used to operate a series of line voyages to Australia as part of its enormous global network and uh, when they would have their ships particularly the Strath sisters uh, they would um, sail across to Australia and then would operate cruises out of Australian ports from about 1932 when this all started to become quite um, 
quite popular. And in 1933, they committed to that full schedule of cruising in Australia using uh, many of their different ships, including the Strath Sisters. And this led to P&O becoming quite well known in the Australian market. Fast forward to the 1980s and P&O acquires Sitmar Cruises and then is able to uh, sort of keep the Fairstar, their most favourite ship, uh, in service and uh, operate her as a full-time cruise ship out of Sydney and it was marketed under the banner of P&O Holidays which is the precursor to P&O Cruises Australia. Now because of this the Australian cruising arm went in a very different direction to the British one. Uh, the P&O UK cruises are, are known for having having fun, casual and enjoyable cruises with really limited formality. It's very, very chilled out on board the ships. So this is uh, an experience that many people internationally won't be familiar with, but uh, if you are in Australia and you are thinking about seeing the South Pacific or travelling between Australian ports, particularly on the East Coast, P&O Australia have a great um, sort of network there, and this is one of the cruises that they offer that we'll be hearing from today. So it's a friend of the podcast, it's Luke, um, who you have heard from before. He has been on board uh, um, a number of the ships that Barry and I have travelled on board. Uh, he's a long-time friend of mine and uh, uh, a friend of the podcast, so we would uh, like to welcome Luke, and I will now say uh, over to Chris from 24 Hours Ago and Luke for that wonderful review of Pacific Encounter. Subscribe now and rate and review on your favourite podcast platform. Today I'm joined by a friend of the podcast, somebody you would have heard from before if you're a regular listener. I'm joined by Luke, who has just returned in the last few months from a cruise on board the Pacific Encounter. Luke, thanks so much for joining me today. No worries, Chris. Nice to be back on. Yeah, it's great to have you back on the on the show. Uh, and so you've uh, had an experience on board the Pacific Encounter, which is one of the uh, sort of the Australian-based cruise ships of P&O Australia here that we were going to have a bit of a, a bit of a chat about and uh, sort of re re-engage in our um, in our cruise reviews that we haven't really been doing that much recently. So it's uh, it's really great to have you here to to share some insights with us. Now excited to uh, share. It's um, it was also my sort of an introduction for my wife to her very first cruise as well so uh which is sort of why we chose the local product to sort of test her feet on the waters Mm -hmm. nice uh, to start with but uh but yeah no looking forward to um having a chat about it and um you know sort of letting people know about the P&O product that exists here in Australia Absolutely. So when, when thinking about booking this particular cruise, what, I mean, apart from it being an Australian product, what, what sort of led you to choosing Pacific Encounter specifically and how did the booking process go? Did you do that online or through a travel agent? Um, so booked online and um, we actually just booked directly on the P&O Cruises website, which mm-hmm. is um, a great website to use. It's It basically steps you through the whole process and it's very hard to get it wrong. Um, so <laughs> that's, just, good, that's good. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So it was a very simple process. Um, and the, the the choice or the reason for us choosing that particular cruise, um, it was a shorter cruise. So it was a three-night cruise. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was um, more just to sort of introduce uh, my wife to the cruising world to see if it would be okay for her because she's um, – she's, quite prone to motion sickness so oh no yes so we'll sort of 
sort of test the waters, I suppose you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, so we chose to do a three-night comedy cruise, which is one that normally just proceeds up the coast of Queensland a bit and then returns back uh, to Brisbane. So okay. It's just a Brisbane to Brisbane cruise. Oh, nice. And, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll touch on how she did with the, the motion a little bit later, but, um, you know, I guess – her first cruise, um, coming to the ship for the first time and the embarkation process, what, what was that like in terms of the, the organisation and, and the excitement, I suppose, taking your, your wife on the first cruise ever? <laughs> well, the, the excitement is always there. I'm, I don't care if it's your, your first or your one millionth cruise. I think <laughs> ev- everyone, no matter when they get on a ship, is, has got that sort of brim of excitement, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially when you first pull up to the port and you see the ship. Yep. You know, there's, there's nothing like that moment when you first see the ship, um, as you and I both know every time we've been on one together. But, um, yeah, I mean, we uh, embarked at the, uh, the sort of the near new um, Brisbane International Cruise Terminal, the new mm-hmm. one there um, down in Pinkham Bar or down in um, the Eagle Farm area there of Brisbane. Um, great terminal. Um, yeah. It's very new, so it's obviously being built to suit um, for, That's good. for the ships. Um, and the embarkation process was it was pretty good. It was um, obviously on all your P&O paperwork or on your boarding passes for the ship, you've got like a group and you also have a select mm-hmm boarding time mm-hmm. as well um so you just you just arrive at the time that they that they suggested and then can proceed on board rather than waiting in the terminal for a long period of time yeah exactly right yeah so i mean last at when we went on this cruise this was um back in feb mm. um the covid protocols were still in place then um, okay i know just recently they have all been removed off all the P&O brand, which is great Yes, news. you're preempting some of the cruise news for later in this episode. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, that's, that's, uh, no, it's no, no problems at all. It's all been, um, it's all been uh, dropped and uh, a lot of the uh, um, people who haven't, you know, haven't been able to travel um, for various reasons and now, um, now booking trips again. Oh, that's great news. Yeah, it was, uh, it was good news to see. But um, then they were very stringent on those times. Um, mm-hmm. So basically with that time that you selected, um, you had to be there bef- at that time or just a little bit beforehand. They um, did advise not to arrive too early because you literally can't get through until your time comes up. Uh, and then they sort of do like a staggered boarding approach um, yep. back then. Um, but you know, it all worked well. It was really good. So, um, you know, from the time from when we arrived at the cruise terminal, which is maybe about 15 minutes before mm-hmm. our boarding time, um, total time was probably 40 minutes from arrival at the terminal to being on the ship. And, and the terminal is quite close to the, to the airport. So I suppose it's pretty convenient when you're flying in from other parts of Queensland. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For, um, so for us, we traveled down from, uh, where we live in Rockhampton. Um, we, we drove down though, and we parked, um, at the parking there at the cruise terminal. There's okay. a yeah. car park there at the cruise terminal, which is great. Yeah. Um, but for those who are traveling via air to Brisbane to board one of the ships out of Brisbane, um, they actually do run shuttles to and from the airport to the oh, cruise terminal. Oh, do they? Terminal. Oh, fantastic. They, yeah, so for any cruise ship that does um, disembark from, oh, sorry, that does depart from the International Cruise Terminal there in Brisbane, there are mm. shuttles that do go to and from the Brisbane International oh. and Domestic Terminal. Well, that's really useful. And that makes sense as well, I suppose, because you mm. can literally see the 
cruise terminal from the airport. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. You can look yeah. at the terminal windows and see the ship. Yeah, you know, if they're quite one of the biggest ships, you can actually see them from the terminal buildings. It's great. It's oh, fantastic. And then, so um, you're now on board the ship. You presumably have um, been given details of what your cabin is. You're going to see it for the first time. What kind of accommodation did you have, and what were your first impressions? Um, yeah, so we chose. Uh, we had a mini balcony suite cabin. Um, oh, nice for ours, uh, which was which was awesome, uh, and it was uh, again more of a maybe a comfort slash relaxation thing for Michelle, just so I could (laughs) (laughs) try and, uh, you know, get more favorable with the cruise ship destination. Yeah. Try and convince Uh, her that cruising is for her. (laughs) (laughs) Right. More self gain than anything, I think. Um, But um, so, yeah, so we were up on deck 11 um, and, when it came time to choosing the room number, I geeked out and chose 737 because I love airplanes. <laughs> so I saw 11737 there. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to choose that room. Um, so yeah. It, uh, it you, and your, you and your Boeings, mate. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, we will speak not, not, of nothing else. Um, <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, it was sort of towards the, the mid aft of the ship of Encounter. Mm-hmm. Um but um, when we first went into the room, very spacious room, um, great storage space within the closet area. So when you sort of first walk in the door, on the left-hand side was sort of like a walk-in wardrobe slash closet mm-hmm. space with lots of hanging space. Um, and then within that walk-in wardrobe space was also the door to the bathroom. Okay, well. yes. Um, okay. So um, bathroom... Um, as you'd expect on a cruise ship, you know, they're not designed, they're not massive, but mm-hmm. it was plenty big for what you use it for. You know, it's, um, it was, um, well kept, it was clean. Um, the shower had really good water pressure actually mm-hmm. uh, for a cruise ship. Um, mm. Yeah. So often was, it's, uh, they're so often they're not, isn't it? So that's, that's good to know. Yeah, exactly right. And you know, I've, you know, you often hear about, people gripes with showers on cruise ships, but you know, temperature was good. Water pressure was good. No complaints from our side of things. And and was Um, the cabin serviced, uh, serviced daily? Our cabin was serviced, uh, was serviced daily as well as a, an evening turndown service. Oh, good. Okay. Nice. Um, So, you know, when you come back to the room, the the beds are ready to rock and roll uh, Mm -hmm. for you when you get back. Um, So that, that was good. Um, And of course the cabin attendants, you know, they, they just make it feel like home for you for mm. once you're on the ship. And because um, on P and O, they usually have them in pairs, don't they? Two two people looking after the the rooms. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we had, we had two um, two gents looking after us, and they were both fantastic. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it was a it was a great room. Really and good room. So with a three day, you say three night comedy cruise. What what was yep. the highlights of the um of the entertainment on that particular voyage? Uh, highlights of the entertainment. Um, so they have the, um, you know, the, uh, like the company sort of performance, mm-hmm. um, crew on board. So, you know, they do a, um, a variety of shows on board, mm-hmm. um, on our particular show, the production show was called seven. Um, okay. It was sort of all about the seven deadly sins i suppose oh really um, okay. it, was, it was a really good it was a really good show it was um it was good so it sort of uh, went through all the different uh, sins like lust and envy that sort of stuff um with really good music um in the show is this um, in the marquee theater at the front of the ship 
Uh, correct, yep, in the big theatre. Uh, and then we also um, went to the Blanc de Blanc as well, which is a paid show on board. Yes, yep. Um, it, was only, it was only $20, um, but, you know, it was great. Um, not so, one so, for the kids. <laughs> listeners, also, listeners yeah. who've been with us for for a while might remember the the tour that um, that I that I brought them of the Pacific Encounter when it was in Sydney, and we did a preview show of Blanc de Blanc, and you were actually on that same tour, um, oh. so you saw the preview, and then you've seen the full show. Um, how, how does the full show compare to the the little snippet that we talked about? Um. <laughs> um, certainly aspects of the snippet we talked about when we did the tour of Encounter, certainly, you know, they, um, there, there is that in the show. They're, they're a bit um, risque, the aren't they? Show. Some of those, um, some of those scenes. Oh, it, it is officially risque. Um, and then, yeah, the, the, the full show is a lot more risque. Um, <laughs> so I, I suppose if someone's not, um, I don't know, it depends on how comfortable you are. Um, it's hilarious. It was really funny. Um, you know, it's not like all risque. There is, um, you know, they all broad- broadcast their own talents and showcase their own talents. You know, like mm-hmm. each individual cast member has a certain skill that they can do. And um, yeah, it is, um, it is very funny. Lots of crowd interaction. Um, you know, so it's, it is, it was a really fun, mm. it was risque, but it was a great show. Ad- adults yeah, only, was, ad- uh, definitely for adults only, isn't it? Oh yeah! Don't take your kids to this one. It's uh, eighteen plus only. Yeah, they um, wouldn't. They wouldn't let you in. <laughs> no, exactly right. Um, yeah. And it did fill up really quick, like the bookings for it. So mm. if, you know, if anyone is going on board for those additional shows, I'd suggest like head down to the kiosks in that travel area on Encounter and jump on and just book yourself a yeah. ticket because uh, it did fill up like on the third night. The third and second night was sold out by the end of our first day on the cruise. Oh, wow. Okay. There you go. Yeah. And I suppose being a shorter trip as well, everyone wants to do everything they can possibly do in a short, short period of time. Yeah, exactly right. The comedy cruises, I suppose, are a bit more of a, a party atmosphere, I suppose. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, everyone just wants to do everything they can on the ship in that in that space of time. So a little bird tells me that uh, the um, sit-down comedy club, I think it was, uh, there's, there's a particular oh, – yeah. A particular um, uh, event with some audience participation that you might have been involved in? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so on board the comedy cruises, they do a show called The Gong Show. Um, so basically it's, uh, it's a show on board the ship where the comedians that are on board the cruise, um, they basically host this show and it's a chance for um, passengers of the cruise ship to try mm-hmm. their hand at stand-up comedy. Um, cool. So yeah, they, yeah, so, Ter- yeah terrifying, um, but cool. <laughs> uh, extremely terrifying. Um, yeah, I, I went to the show to go watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, by no means was I wanting or was I <laughs> planning to be a part of it. Um, so this was on day two of okay. the of the cruise. Yeah, um, and. At this point of the cruise, um, unfortunately, uh, which I'm sure we'll speak about later, my wife had become unwell with seasickness. So she was sort of in the room um, just having a lie down and she was sort of just wanting to rest for the afternoon. So mm-hmm. um, she just told me to go out and enjoy the ship. So I saw the gong show on the program and uh, made my way down to go and, to go and watch it. Um, 
And then on my way in, one of the, the cruise directors um, sort of pulled me aside and says, oh, are you going in? And um, I said, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to go go uh, watch the show. She goes, she goes, listen, do you, do you want to give it a go? Do you want to have a try at it? Like, do you want to get on stage? I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, no, I'm okay. I just wanted to watch. And um, yeah, she then said, listen, we've only got, we've only had three people sign up. We need four. Otherwise, we're going to have to cancel the show. And I'm like, oh, guilty. Oh, shame. Um, so you decided, to, you decided so, to do it for the for the ship, did you? So after a bit of convincing from the cruise director, um, <laughs> it, it was, um, yeah, so I, I went, why not? You know, I'm, I know nobody on this ship. Um, I'll give it a crack. <laughs> Good on you, mate. I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, so I signed up and obviously got the rules, like no swearing, no this, no none of that. Yeah. Um, no, nothing political, nothing. Because this is uh, something that everybody can attend, isn't it? It's a family, yeah, family it's a event. Family, it's a family event. So kids were in the audience. Um, it was, yeah, there was ever, basically, it was a full theatre. Everyone yep. on the ship was nearly in there, apart from uh, the crowd up on the top decks. But um, yeah, um, yeah, so I went on, I went on, I was last to go on. Um, oh, okay. Which was even more nerve-wracking, and I was just remember sitting down the front of the marquee, just thinking, "What, what the hell am I going to talk about?" Um, <laughs> you know, to try and do anything, and because you've you got to make it up on the spot, don't you? Yeah, like it's um, you know the the three that went before me, I th- I think they've done it before because one guy had like a full-on routine. All right, uh, sure. Like he had, um, you know, he went through the whole notion, and then. Um, you know, when it came down to me, I was just sort of sitting there the whole time thinking, not knowing what I was going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then anyway, I went up, um, <laughs> I yeah. did what I, what I came up with and um, I actually ended up winning it. Ah. Uh, <laughs> you won was, the gong show. Good I on you. Win the, uh, winner, yeah, I won the gong show and um, got some very interesting feedback from the onboard comedians, which was good. Yeah, positive um, feedback, obviously, uh, you won. Some, some very good feedback, yeah, yeah. Um, which was great. Um, so, yeah, so won, won the show and um, the next two and a half days on the ship was mostly people coming up to me and my wife just sort of <laughs> – <laughs> so, great job that was asking for autographs <laughs> um you know are you asking me if i actually was a comedian on the ship i'm like no no i'm literally just a passenger um but yeah it, it went well that's I amazing it, which was yeah it was very uh good job unexpected mate. unexpected yeah. to say the least yeah so i guess the question is probably on everyone's minds right now is mm-hmm. is is there any more comedy um in your future are you, you going to pursue this there has been conversations, yes, um, um, from uh, from people at the cruise company um, and from the comedians on board as well, which was which was great. So, oh, congratulations, um, mate! That's yeah. amazing. What a story! Yeah, yeah so it was, yeah, um, that's so cool. Yeah, so it's it's um, it's different. I've I've now got written routines, and um, yeah, it's a thing wow. that's planned in the future. Yes. <laughs> There's so many things that um, cruising, we talk about it so much, that the different opportunities and experiences that it can um, provide to people. And, you know, I've shared with the listeners quite a lot about this sort of second career of maritime history talking on board the ships and how that does it. And just to think that, you know, somebody who came along to a cruise um, stepped up on the stage and then not only won the show but is actually, you know, now going to pursue some some comedy as part of their um, as part of their career, it's amazing, mate, what you can do on a cruise ship. 
Yeah, no, it's exactly. uh, it, it was definitely unexpected, and it's um, it's been a bit of a wild ride, but it's um, it's certainly mm. been a fun one, that's for sure. <laughs> that's great. And then when you think about this particular ship and this particular cruise, um, who would you recommend a three night comedy cruise on P and O two? What's who's the who's the perfect passenger for this? Perfect passenger for this. Listen, I think there's something for everyone on board. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't think the comedy cruise would just be limited to, you know, the young traveller sort of going on there looking for, um, you know, just for party time, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I really found that, and, and this is what's great about the P&O product, and, you know, I'm, I'm not a paid advertiser for them or anything, you know, I just, um, with the, com- the P&O cruises I've done over my time, mm-hmm. um, you know, there there literally is something for everyone on board. Like, even though it's a comedy cruise, mm. there's stuff on there for the kids as well, mm-hmm. or for families, or you know, there's always something happening around the ship that is suited to all different mm. types of groups. Um, so, I, you know, I've, I've I don't think it's limited to one. I mean, it, it definitely is more of a party atmosphere on the shorter cruises. There's mm-hmm. no two ways about that. You know, the uh, the nighttime activities on board. You know, there's, you know, you got the nightclubs were absolutely chock a block. Um, you know, on Encounter and Adventure, um, when you look at the back of them, which sort of looks like a bit of a shopping trolley handle <laughs> at, the, yep. at the top of them, that's actually right. a bar. That's actually the nightclub. It's a bar, is it? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's actually the nightclub. And it's um, an amazing space. Uh, you actually take an escalator to get up there from uh, from deck 12. It's actually deck 14 on the ship of course you're, t- you're um, referring to you're referring to the altitude the altitude yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. yeah i'm with so, you now yeah the uh the nightclub at the top there and yep um you know just out of curiosity one night i wanted to go up and see what the atmosphere was like up there and it was absolutely packed when i went up there um people were having a great time dance floor was packed um there was a live band in there um you yeah, so that's a really good space and I suppose it's a good space because it actually is quite separate from the other areas on the ship. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the other areas on the ship, um, like the uh, the pub areas, that sort of stuff, are just sort of doing their own thing whilst up in altitude, it's definitely more of a party nightclub yeah, atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, again, and that just sort of puts it down to there is that sort of something for everyone on the ship because, oh, cool. you know, it's, it's set out really well. Yep. And um, so, just just to finish off, um, your you said your wife got seasick on the ship after all. But um, did did she enjoy the trip? Will, will she go back? Do you think? Uh, listen, she loved the trip. Unfortunately, um, and we, we didn't know this before embarking the ship. Um, Encounter had um, had just returned from a one of the seven night you know Pacific Island tours, mm-hmm. um, and she did have some maintenance issues on the way back. Um, so unfortunately with our cruise, which as you'd normally like, um, do a day and a half cruise up the coast of Queensland, then turn around and then come back down. So the ship's normally moving for the whole time. Um, unfortunately for us, and I think it was just one of those things that, you know, out out of our controls, um, instead of the ship sort of moving for the full time, um, Mm. they went, they went out to the ocean and they actually, um, just, sort of drifted they yep. just sort of stopped the ship yeah um and then at night time when everyone was sleeping that's when the ship would be moving um it would just be doing little circles hot laps that's just doing circuits yeah okay yeah, just just doing yep. circuits but during the day the ship was just stationary 
And unfortunately, oh, sure. the swell on those days was not the greatest. So there was right. quite a lot of movement with the ship just sort of bobbing there in the swell. Yeah. Um, so there was sort of that rolling motion that you get, you know, just because it's sitting still, there's, it's not really breaking any of the waves. It's just sort of sitting there and sort of riding it. Riding it with the air. And, and I think your, your trip was, um, if it was in February, it was just before the big refit. So, um, mm. Yeah, presumably any mechanical issues they might have had might would have, would have been sorted out in Singapore. Yeah, but um, listen, um, e- even though um, she did get quite unwell, she still really enjoyed the trip. She's certainly open to doing another one. Um, oh, good. You know, cool. I've, I've I've told her that it's completely different when the ship is actually moving, and yep. you know, for anyone else that is out there, that it sort of has that sitting at the back of their mind, wondering whether they are going to get seasick or not. You know. When the ship is moving at its speeds of 20, 21 knots, whatever mm. it normally is, you know, there, there isn't that much movement with the ship unless you've got a really crap day at sea, you know, like mm. unless it's a yep. really bad day. But, you know, the, the days where it's just sort of normal seas, it's you just don't feel anything. It's, you know, and the times that we were moving, Michelle was fine. Um, yep. But the, it was just when we were sitting there moving in the swell when the ship wasn't moving, that just sort of unfortunately took her a bit by surprise i think oh i'm glad that she's um open to the idea of of doing that again uh trying trying a different itinerary or perhaps a different uh, uh you know a different length of voyage that would be that'd be good rather than you know obviously it's not usual for the ship to spend its time drifting on a cruise so no that's right yeah uh, hey luke we we always finish these um these chats with a, a very short quick fire round at the end mm-hmm. um unprepared you won't have seen these questions before unless you've listened to the podcast a lot you might be able to guess what they're going to be <laughs> but um uh, are you willing to to take the fire <laughs> let's do it let's let's okay. go yeah so thinking of thinking of a cruise right sunrise or sunset sunset and why is that uh you won't find me at sunrise on a cruise ship i'm on holiday i'm not getting up that <laughs> buffet dining or the main dining room for your for your meals main dining room for sure yeah yeah um, um, unfortunately you and i both have a common friend who refers to the buffet as the trough um, <laughs> and I, I think there's a reason for that but i i, I like the different dining options you know mm-hmm. you can try different cuisines different meals that sort of stuff the buffet is good for like lunches and stuff but for dinners mm-hmm. Nah, I'll stick with the main dining room. The main dining room, yeah. yeah. Uh, drinks up on deck or a drink in the champagne bar? Drinks up on deck. Yep. Yep, drinks up on deck. Yeah. Yeah, i got to go with you on that one. Just reconnecting yep. with that whole experience of being at sea. It's lovely, isn't it? Exactly right, yeah. Yep. And the final one, sea days or port days? Oh, sea days. 100% sea days. Yeah? Yep. Yeah, sea days is just where you, it's, you enjoy the ship. You're enjoying the atmosphere on the ship, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just um, all you can do is just switch off and relax and just go about whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you you carry the program with you, or you've got the app, and you just sort of go, "Yeah, we might go check that out," and just mm-hmm. just go and do it. There's just no, there's no way you have to be, and it's just the day is yours with whatever you want to do, and that's what I love about Sea Days. Sounds great, mate. Well, look, thank you so much for sharing your experience with us. I know a lot of our international listeners don't have an awful lot of experience with P&O Australia because they you know, haven't been to this part of the world or maybe yeah. have been experiencing P&O in the UK, but it's very different here in, in Australia. So I really appreciate you sharing those insights with us. No, of course. It's, um, P&O Australia is definitely unique, but it's, uh, it's a great kind of unique. You know, it's, um, I've 
every cruise I've done with them, I think you and I have done a couple together and, um, you know, everyone I've done on, there's always been something different on board and a different experience and each time it's just been great. So Yeah, it's, it's, it's a special experience. Mm. Yeah. Well, Luke, thank you so much. I, I'm wondering if maybe next time we um, catch up on board a ship, we'll both be on the stage <laughs> for different reasons. <laughs> well, yes, well, but um, We are in the process of trying to organize that at the moment, aren't we? That would be pretty fun. So, yeah, and I guess um, we will um, hear from you in the, on your next voyage. So look, looking forward to speaking to you again sometime in the future. See you guys. Be sure to share the podcast on your favorite social media channels. So I hope you enjoyed that little look at uh, life on board Pacific Encounter during that comedy cruise. And what a remarkable story that somebody who's traveling as a as a passenger on board could end up uh, starting off a uh, stand-up comedy career uh, as a uh, speaker at events and on cruise ships. And I do believe uh, from speaking to Luke that uh, he has actually had some land-based gigs as well. So it's interesting, you know, how sometimes people can um, can see things in you that you might not see in yourself because, and I'm sure Barry will agree, knowing Luke for a number of years, uh, he is a very funny guy and uh, it, do- it makes perfect sense to us that he's ended up winning uh, the Gong Show, but he was completely taken by surprise by the sounds of things, so that um, that is a, a fun story to, to share. So over to cruise news and what's happening in cruising this week. Now, you would have heard in our interview that, uh, of course, things have changed in Australia with the removal of all government-imposed COVID-19 settings for cruise passengers across Australia. And this is uh, pretty much bringing Australia in line with many of the other cruising areas around the world. So this has uh, been met, of course, by many of the Australian cruise lines being quite uh, quite thrilled to see these COVID-19 uh, restrictions dropped now. Uh, and we've received a number of uh, of media releases from various cruise brands letting us know uh, that this has actually occurred. So P&O, for example, Princess Cruises, Carnival in Australia all have a very big footprint year-round here and uh, are all now able to welcome uh, guests without having to have those very strict COVID guidelines that Australia has had for quite some time, in fact, since cruising resumed back in May of 2022. Now relocating all the way to Europe and uh, AIDA has let us know that they're going to be the sponsor for the Hamburg Cruise Days, which is uh, an event that they've actually been involved in in the past. It's a cruise festival and one of the most unique ones that uh, has been found around the world. They'll be uh, sponsoring this event from the 8th to the 10th of September and uh, throughout this time they will also be offering uh, special uh, experiences for guests on board AIDA Perla, AIDA Prime and Aida Sol, uh, with many of these uh, maritime attractions being brought uh, to those passengers on board those ships. So perhaps the biggest highlight of this particular event is that with Aida's involvement in it, from Saturday evening, so Saturday the 9th of um, September, the Aida Primer will actually be uh, leading a procession of ships throughout the um, port of Hamburg. So they can uh, have a front row seat um, on this uh, event from on board the ship and then sail out on their experience for their cruise up to Norway. 
This will actually follow the departure of the Aida Sol and the Aida Perla, which are both departing the port of Hamburg around about 7.30pm, and uh, it will actually see the two ships sail out in a parade as well. So you'll have this cluster of ships from Aida in the port as part of this exciting uh, festival. More information about that can be found in the show notes. If you are in the, uh, in the area, if you're in Europe, if you're one of our European listeners, you might be interested in checking that out. Staying in Hamburg and actually staying with AIDA and another announcement is that the uh, senator for um, Hamburg Senator for uh, Economic Affairs has actually um, joined the CEO of the Port of um, Hamburg, the Hamburg Port Authority and the president of AIDA Cruises to sign a long-term agreement to strengthen Hamburg as a cruise destination. Now, this is a, a very important step because it also sees the reassurance that the cruise line and the cruise industry are having uh, in that particular port and the resurgence of interest in the post-pandemic world. So what does this exactly mean? Well, basically, it's a long-term agreement that has been signed between uh, AIDA and the Hamburg Port Authority. Um, And with it, it um, actually shows a commitment to the city by guaranteeing ship and passenger volumes for up to five years. So this is uh, the next five-year step for the organization. And uh, for over 20 years, AIDA has been... um, a regular visitor. Their ships have been regularly calling um, on the River Elbe um, and, of course, uh, have been also very heavily involved in um, creating the sustainable development of uh, Hamburg with uh, the ships and the port's shoreside power plants that went into operation across the uh, cruise centre there. So another big step forward for AIDA and uh, a closer connection with the city of Hamburg. Now, uh, relocating closer to home, and Coral Expeditions is a cruise line that's based in Australia um, and operates a series of small ships out of Australian ports. You would have heard uh, Baz and I speak about it in previous podcasts. In fact, we've got an entire episode that we recorded during the cruise shutdown because uh, Coral Expeditions was Australian flagged and therefore was able to operate ships in Australia whilst all of the other brands were not. Uh, But the latest news coming out of Coral Expeditions is that uh, in 2024, they're going to be offering offering rather a series of voyages from Japan through to Japan rather and the Philippines uh, commencing from November of next year now this is quite a change because of course it sees uh, coral expeditions offering these cruises to destinations further from home so the first of these voyages will be a 16 night uh, cruise which uh, goes up to North Borneo um, and uh, it is a uh, a voyage that will cross the equator as well, so it will allow passengers to have the experience of crossing the equator by ship, which uh, in itself is, of course, quite an exciting experience because you generally get a visit from King Neptune and there's a lot of uh, activity that they usually have on the top deck when a ship crosses the equator as part of that equatorial crossing tradition. Uh, If you've crossed the equator by ship and you'd like to share your experience, don't forget to jump online and go to thebigcruisepodcast.com Uh, Click uh, contact or join the show and you can send us uh, some information and we can try and get you on to share your experiences um, on cruising, particularly if you've crossed the equator. It would be great to hear from anybody who's done that. Even if it was some time ago, we hear from people from all around the world and all different parts of the world uh, with experiences from all different times uh, throughout their lives. And in fact, one of the things that uh, gives uh, Baz and I a real kick is to hear from people who remember traveling on the ocean liners of days gone by. And of course, when you were traveling around the world by liner, 
um, crossing the equator and those ceremonies were were part of that um, that, that tradition. So let us know if you've been involved in this or if you're planning to go on a voyage crossing the equator in the future. But anyway, back to coral expeditions. So there's a series of voyages as I mentioned. I've just uh, outlined the, the, the first two, but there's also voyages to Singapore and onwards up to um, Japan as well. So you can check out all of those itineraries uh, in the show notes uh, at thebigcruisepodcast.com. And then for lovers of Norwegian Cruise Line, which uh, both Baz and I would count ourselves members of that club, we're quite excited because uh, this year our part of the world is going to see two Norwegian Cruise Line ships uh, in uh, the South Pacific and um, Asia Pacific region, the Norwegian Spirit and the Norwegian Sun. Now, we have reported previously, of course, that the Norwegian Spirit's Australian season uh, was uh, was changed and that Norwegian Sun is actually going to be coming to Australia, but they've now released least a series of, of voyages and there's a collection of these cruises that depart from various ports on these two particular ships. Now both of them have been refurbished and you'll uh, remember that I covered um, Norwegian Spirits refurbishment back in December of 2022 um, and uh, have spoken about it a number of times um, uh, on the podcast but uh, Norwegian Sun has also been given um, upgrades and uh, will be actually spending most of her time in this local area in Australian waters whilst Norwegian Spirit is going to spend more time in the Asia Pacific region. So Norwegian Spirit, um, she's doing an eight month 2024-2025 uh, Asian season and uh, NCL are offering 14 itineraries um, with her five departure ports, including uh, Manila, Singapore, Tokyo, Taipei, and Seoul, um, from September 24 through to April 2025. Uh, so, yes, we're looking quite far ahead there, but um, this is part of the ship's repositioning to the um, Asia Pacific region. And uh, then we also have uh, Norwegian Sun, which is, as I mentioned, spending more time in Australian waters, and we'll be doing a series um, of voyages out of uh, Australian ports. And I think when we look at this one, uh, some of the most exciting uh, elements of that is that it's not only taking in Australian ports, but also going to be spending some time in New Zealand ports as well. So there'll be some trans-Pacific uh, uh, opportunities there and voyages across the, the Tasman. So this will also include um, part, be part rather of her six-month Asia-Pacific uh experience and they've got departures from ports such as Melbourne, Sydney, uh, Auckland and then if you're sailing a bit further from uh, from our local area there's also departures from Honolulu, uh, Papiete and uh, these take in the sceneries of French Polynesia. And now to a little bit of sadder news and you may have heard in the news that uh, one of the Oasis class ships for Royal Caribbean has had a bit of an incident uh, with um, a passenger who has fallen overboard and just today it has been announced that that passenger was a 19-year-old university student. Um, he was uh, holidaying uh, on board the ship and uh, went over the side of the um, wonder of the seas uh, during that particular voyage. Uh, there's still information that they, they're looking into as to how exactly this happened, but of course, when these sorts of things, um, these sorts of things happen, uh, it's very rare, but it is very, very traumatic, of course, for the, the families and friends of those who, are, who, who know this uh, particular man, um, and of course, for the crew on board the ships too. So whilst we don't want to dwell too long on... Um, 
on you know sad and negative stories, we did think it was important to just pause for a moment um, and uh, send, of course, our thoughts to the family uh, of the man who went over the over, overboard on the ship, and also to the crew who did such a uh, a wonderful and difficult job trying to um, you know follow all those procedures to try and locate um, and, and and retrieve somebody who has fallen overboard. So uh, we're just sending our thoughts out uh, to them today as well. And then here's one that we missed, actually, from uh, just a few weeks back um, in late July. But the China State Shipbuilding Corporation, or CSSC, uh, it has uh, recently announced that their first ever purpose-built cruise ship, the Adora Magic City, has actually undertaken its sea trials. Now, this is the first ship to be a cruise ship to be built in China for the Chinese market. And if you look at pictures of the ship, you, you may notice it looks very, very um, familiar because it is um, a design that you will recognize from the Carnival Corporation, particularly the Carnival Cruise Line. Now, this is because the, um, the, the company that owns it is actually a joint venture between um, Adora and, and uh, Carnival Corporation. And as such, they have been licensed to build the, uh, the, the ship based on the Carnival Corporation's Vista class um, for Carnival Cruise Lines. So this is different to the Vista class that's used for Holland America. But it's basically an upscaled version of what was once the Destiny class of, of passenger ships. Very familiar design. Uh, you'll, you'll notice it as soon as you see it. Um, and uh, we'll try and stick some pictures into the show notes as well. Now, uh, this particular ship um, it has a gross tonnage of 135,500, so it's a relatively large ship, and it has uh, completed its uh, sea trials. will be home ported in Shanghai, and will be uh, the, the largest ship uh, dedicated to the Chinese market. Of course, they also have a, a, a moderate-sized cruise ship in the former Oriana, which um, operates uh, as Piano Land uh, in China, and is she uh, she is um, has been the largest purpose um, uh, full time rather based cruise ship in the Chinese market, but this one unique in that it was both built in China for the Chinese market and is the largest ship uh, yet to enter service for that domestic market there. So that's about all we have in cruise news this week. I know we've had a bit of a break, but uh, some of the uh, other information that we had uh, on our on our schedule is now so out of date that I'm, I'm not going to waste your time with it. I'm sure you've already heard um, many of the um, updates from around the world over the last uh, week or so, whilst um, Barry and I have been unavailable. But um, hopefully you enjoyed uh, this week's episode. Uh, and if you are looking for something else uh, maritime related and are interested in watching some videos, I've got a few new videos out on my YouTube channel at uh, youtube.com slash chrisframeofficial. Um, and you can actually find uh, a video all about what happens to the sewage on a ship. Uh, where does the poo or poop go, for want of a better phrase? Uh, actually, one of the interesting things about um, doing videos for YouTube is looking up what the most... Uh, you know, appropriate search terms are and uh, learning something new because apparently whilst uh, in uh, Australia, New Zealand, uh, I think in the UK, uh, you would say poo. Apparently in America, it's poop is much more regularly used. Maybe that's right, maybe that's wrong, but that's definitely what Google told me. So the video has uh, the American titles because uh, my largest audience actually is from the United States. I've just been looking at that recently. Number one position is the United States on my YouTube channel, followed by Australia, and then quite close behind is the UK. 
And then we actually have a relatively large audience from India. So I'm not sure if that's the same for the podcast, but if you're listening from India, uh, make sure that um, you let us know. Send a message through at the Big Cruise Podcast com and uh, let us know that you're listening. Um, we also have uh, quite a lot of listeners uh, from Canada as well. So hello to um, all our Canadian friends. And again, on the YouTube channel, there's lots of um, Canadians as well who who like the uh, the cruise information that we've got uh, on the YouTube channel there. Uh, so those are two um, other videos you may be interested in. Of course, there's a huge back catalogue there um, from uh, from. Uh, feeding thousands of people to um, what is uh, a cruise ship christening, to how they weigh a cruise ship and what uh, what on earth a gross ton is, um, and also a, a pretty uh, interesting video that we've done about a month ago about um, how cruise ships are powered. Uh, and there's this funny little story the, the um, passenger says to the crew member, um, where does the ship get its electricity? And the crew member says, um, we have awfully long extension cords, sir. Um, which, of course, was a joke back in the day. But these days, uh, the interesting thing is, if the cruise ship's in port, it may well being pa- be being powered by uh, very long extension cords. So it's worth worth checking out that video as well to find out when ships are powered from land, when they're powered from sea, and what the different ways that the electricity is made is on those ships. But uh, once again, thanks so much uh, for, for joining me today. Uh, thank you again to Luke for the review of um, Pacific Encounter. Hopefully you found that interesting. If you have been on a cruise, if you would like to share your experiences with us, uh, don't forget to head over to the website and uh, send in a, a note on Join the Show. Barry usually conducts those interviews, um, does it a lot more um, sort of professionally, I suppose, than what I've, what I've been doing today. But uh, it, uh, it's always great to hear from you, and it is wonderful to um, get the, the listeners, or all of you out there, involved in, in the show. We really do enjoy it, and thank you so much uh, for your support over um, 156 episodes. Until next week, that's all from me, and uh, keep safe. And until next time, I hope to see you on board. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.